How was your week? We all survived midterms, though, didn't we? Praise God. Would you like to hear a little story to start your Sabbath? Our story starts in a cave. Doug Batcher is not the only preacher who went into a cave. After that huge showdown on top of Mount Carmel, with 400 prophets of Baal on one side, Elijah on the other, the firebomb shooting down from heaven, incinerating the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dirt, <laughs> sucking up all the water in the trench, thousands of people falling on their faces, chanting, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. 17 miles pounding through the thunderstorm, chasing him all the way back to Jezreel. And then in the middle of the night, a midnight threat unnerves Elijah, and he runs for 40 days and 40 nights and ends up in a cave. And God says to him, in a still small voice, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah says, I have been zealous for the Lord. But the people of Israel have broken your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to the sword, and I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. You would expect the Lord to accept his resignation, but he doesn't. He does the opposite. He expands his scope of ministry. He says, stop obsessing about this flip-flopping young king Ahab and get out there. He says, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus and anoint Haziel, king of Aram. Anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abba to succeed you as prophet. Anyone who escapes the sword, Jehu will put to death. Anyone who escapes the sword of Haziel, Elisha will put to death. Anyone who escapes the sword of Jehu, yet. I have reserved for myself 7,000 whose knees have not bowed to Baal or their lips have not kissed him. Okay, students, what was the assignment? Anoint Haziel, king of Aram. Anoint Jehu, king of Israel. Anoint Elisha to succeed you as prophet. Three anointings, right? Guess what Elisha, Elijah does? He goes straight for number three, goes to Elisha, throws in the towel, excuse me, he throws his mantle over him, and then he's done. Wait, you tell me, are you trying to tell me that Elijah only did one of the three commands? Yes. But, 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 but you say, that's 33%. You're right. And in my Bible class, 33% would be? An F. I'd give Elijah an F. But the Lord is so much more gracious than I am. In fact, he's more gracious than all your professors are. Because Elijah, even to the point where he goes up on that burning chariot up to heaven, still did not finish his job. There were still two unanointed. You see, that doesn't make any sense, you say. Do you know why you think that way? Because you've been in school too long. And you think salvation is like school, like a pass or fail grade. And it's not. Do you know what salvation is more like? It's like homely, spring break, 
Because God is your father and Jesus is your big brother and it doesn't matter what grade you get, you still get to go home. Jesus, your big brother, even says he's coming to pick you up with the rest of the gang. And there's trillions of them. And he says there's a feast he's made for you. And by the way, he's remodeled your room. He's sure you'll like it. Because he says, I go to my father's house. In it there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come back and take you unto myself so that where I am, you may be also. Who wants to go home? Yes. So... Elijah gets an early home leave. And Elisha is left. Well, Elisha does a job. He goes up the desert to Damascus, goes up to Hazael. Hazael finds out that he's supposed to be the next king. He promptly waterboards his king, takes the throne, and starts a war with Israel. Two down, one to go. Who's next? Who? Jehu. Now, Jehu is a touchy fellow. You've got to treat him carefully. So Elisha goes down to the school of prophets, and he starts scanning over the crowd, wondering who is crazy enough to anoint Jehu. And this is where our story for tonight starts. A little-known story that many of you may not know, so I put the scripture up so you can follow along. This is 2 Kings 9, verses 1 through 10. So there's 10 verses going up. Are you ready? Let's read it. I will read it to you. You can just read along. The prophet Elijah summoned a man from the company of the prophets and said to him, Gird up your loins. Take this flask of oil with you and go to Ramoth Gilead. When you get there, look for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi. Go to him, get him away from his companions, and take him to an inner room. Then take the flask. Pour it on his head and declare, this is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. And then open the door and run. Don't delay. So the young man went to Ramoth Gilead. And when he arrived, he found all the army officers sitting together. And he said, I have a message for you, commander, he said. For which one of us, says Jehu. For you, commander, he replied. So Jehu got up and they went into the house. The prophet poured the oil on Jehu's head and declared, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anoint you king over the Lord's people, Israel. You are to destroy the house of Ahab, your master. I will avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the Lord's servants shed by Jezebel. The whole house of Ahab will perish. I will cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, son of Ahijah. And as for Jezebel, dogs will devour on the plot of ground of Jezebel, and no one will bury her. And then he opens the door, and he takes off. What in the world did he just do? You see, this is what happens when you get, when you take an old man's job, and you give it to a young inexperienced, immature, upstart. When you give young people an inch, they take a mile. But come to think of it, he may have done a better job than the professionals. Do you remember? Elijah never anointed Elisha. He didn't go to him. He didn't pour any oil on him. He didn't pronounce him. He didn't give him a speech. He didn't even give him a job interview. He just went by and he just took his cloak and he flung it on him. I'm sure 
Um, you guys all know these pictures where you have Elijah coming up to Elisha and smiling and puts this cloak nice and drapes it over him and they're looking at each other. That's not true. The Bible never says that, okay? The Bible says he walks by, he takes his cloak, and the Hebrew word shalach, that means fling, cast, throw. So he throws his mantle and keeps walking because the very next thing that happens is Elisha has to run after him and says, hey, hey, let me at least say goodbye to my mom and dad and then I'll follow you. But Elijah turns to him and says, go back, what did I ever do to you? What kind of anointing is that? You know what Elisha does? Elisha goes up to Damascus looking for Haziel. Haziel finds him. And after he answers his question, he doesn't anoint him. He doesn't bring oil with him. He doesn't proclaim him. You know what he does? He stares at him. It's rude to stare. So he stares at him so long that Haziel gets embarrassed. And then he starts crying in front of Haziel. And Haziel's like, why are you crying? And that's how he gets out of Elisha that he's supposed to be the next king. But our young man, no. He runs to Ramoth Gilead. He grabs his oil. He does anoint Jehu. He proclaims him the next king of Israel. He gives him, <laughs> he gives him a complete mandate for 100 days. And then he opens the door and he takes off. Now, I would give that young man an A plus for performance evaluation. But some of you would say, wait, 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 not so fast. He should get an A minus. Why? Because he added all this other stuff. Elijah didn't tell him to do that. Did he make it up? Well, in the ancient days, the school of the prophets is the equivalent of like Andrews University. Let's say this young man comes through time and shows up to be admitted to our university. Would he belong here? What is our motto? Our motto is, seek, oh, you know the motto, let's try it again. Seek, exactly. Some students I know, you don't have to raise hands, you cram at the last minute. You barely pass your test, you want to get your degree, you want to get out of here. Then there's other students who try to say, I, I do want to know the facts. I want to know something so I can have a good career, get married, have a comfortable life. But this student, this student pursued truth deeply. He knew his text. Because Abraham Heschel says, study is a form of worship. What does he mean by that? The passionate pursuit of truth will lead you to God. It is a form of purifying your mind when you look for truth and you love it. So this young prophet was looking over his textbooks and he read Elijah's prophecy, which Elijah did say to King Ahab when he was in Naboth's vineyard. And it went like this. 1 Kings 21, 21 to 23. I am going to bring disaster upon you. I will wipe out your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Have you seen the connections yet? The house of Basha, son of Ahijah, because you have aroused my anger and have caused Israel to sin. And also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, dogs would devour Jezebel by the word of Jezreel. 
this student had not only read these words, he had memorized them, he had absorbed them, he had meditated upon them, he had let them form his spiritual worldview. And so when he got this assignment, he saw the significance of this assignment, that maybe he would be an instrument to make God's word come true. He sought knowledge deeply, not just for facts, but for truth that changed him. What is the second one? Seek knowledge, affirm? Yes. Now, faith is not just standing there and doing a checklist off the doctrines. Check, 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 check. No, for this student, faith was how he lived. Because this assignment is not just a walk in the park. Do you know what this assignment is? It is treason. There is a reigning king on the throne. If he goes and somebody finds out what he's up to, he'd be dead. If Jehu does a military coup and it fails, they will hunt him down and they will kill him. This young student was putting his life on the line for his faith. He was risking it all. And not only that, he is not some passive couch potato Christian. No, he was an athlete. He runs, he trains, he eats healthily because he wants to be a complete tool that is ready for whatever the Lord gives him. He is not some nerdy biblical scholar held up in some Carol and James Wright library without ever seeing the light of day. No. He let his faith inform all aspects of his life. And so when God calls him, he can go with all cylinders burning. Seek knowledge deeply. Affirm faith holistically and change the world. He wanted to change the world. Now, in our motto, Andrews University doesn't want you guys to leave just being robots, you know. They want you to learn how to think innovatively and creatively to solve the world's problems. And this student had to do that because Elisha told him, go there, find Jehu, get him away from his companions to a secret place, and then anoint him. But he didn't tell him how. So this student's got to sit there and think, how am I going to do this? He doesn't even know me. If I just show up, I mean, imagine this. If you ran two marathons back to back, 50 miles, okay, you're going to be sweaty, you're going to be disheveled, your hair's going to be a mess. What if you burst into a meeting of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and you ask, General Mattis, can I have a word with you? In a separate room, of course. They're going to just look at you and say, who are you and how did you get through security clearance, Right? This is going to be difficult. So he was praying. As he's pounding out those 50 miles, he's praying, Lord, help me. How do I get this guy? How do I do it smoothly? I don't want to have to reveal what, I, what I'm hiding. And the Lord smoothed it out. Because when he went there, they assumed he was a spy. And Jehu went straight with him. And once he got Jehu in that inner room, then he did something very special. He didn't just cut and paste Elijah's prophecy and stick it on there. You may think he did. Actually, he modified it. Because the motive for wiping out the whole house of Ahab was, as Elijah said, you have caused me to become angry because you have caused Israel to sin. And this man is thinking, the servant's thinking, um, if I tell him there's a spiritual and moral backsliding, I'm not sure that's going to galvanize this hardened war general. So you know what he puts it as? 
justified divine avengement for the slaughter of thousands of innocent leaders. The priests, the prophets, the leaders of Israel, all of them were wiped out in a purge by Jezebel and Ahab. And now God needed a, compa needed a champion to strike back. And Jehu was that champion. And boy, did it work. Right after he gave that, he took off. And a good thing too, because if you read what happens afterwards, I think Jehu thought this was just a big prank by his friends. Because he comes back to his friends. He sits down, he's dripping with oil. And his friends say to him, what? Are you all right? What does that crazy guy want with you? And Jehu's like, come on, you know that kind of guy. You know the kind of things he would say. And they're like, no, we don't. Tell us. All right, here's what he said. He said, the Lord says that I anoint you king over Israel. And immediately the friends say, Jehu is king. And they announce it with a big trumpet and they put all their cloaks down. And he's like, shh, shh, don't let word of this get out. Shut down all the exit routes of the city. Aren't you glad that the students started running as fast as he could? He could have been holed up in there. Shut down the exit routes of the city. I don't want Joram to know this. Here's a possibility if you read between the lines that God was preparing this group of generals to act and move fast. Because you see, what happened was, when they were trying to bring back Ramoth Gilead, which Haziel had stolen from Israel, Haziel, the guy who was anointed by Elisha, Joram had suffered a flesh wound. And he had left the front lines, the king of Israel, gone back to Jezreel, and they had heard rumors that he was much better now, that he could ride a chariot, and that there was a whole contingent of 42 relatives coming over from Judah to have a little party with him. And you could see these generals going, why is he not out there working with us? Hey, what about a military coup? What do you think? It could be that they were tantalizing with the idea. So when they saw that this was not a joke, that one of them actually had been anointed, they were ready. So Jehu gets in his chariot, he drives like a madman all the way back to the showdown corral, which is... Naboth's stolen field. And then everything falls like perfectly set up dominoes. One after another. Both kings of Israel and Judah are killed. Seventy sons of Ahab are beheaded. And their heads are given to Jehu in a basket like hot cross buns. Jezebel is thrown out of a window as royal dog food. Forty-two relatives of Ahaziah have to mix their blood with by the well, and all the Baal worshippers are gathered together at the temple and in one day wiped out. And the temple of Baal is turned into a public latrine. I didn't make that up. That's actually in the Bible. Who would have ever thought such a dramatic reversal was possible? No one. No one. Except that one student. There's another student prophet in the New Testament. He didn't go to the schools of his time. He homeschooled himself deeply in the scriptures. By the age of 12, he was astounding the professors with his insight. He honed his body, doing hard labor in a carpenter's shop. By 27, he started his ministry when his cousin John the Baptist baptized him. And immediately, he went into the wilderness and did hand-to-hand -hand combat with the devil, using only the sword of truth, and beat him soundly. And then he came back 
And in three short years, he shook the gates of hell. He sliced the pillars of evil. He scattered the demons of possession. He stopped the flood of lies. He smashed the devil's power. And he slammed the head of that serpent into the dust by his nail-pierced feet, dripping with the red blood of his life out of love for you and I. Jehu may have turned over one nation temporarily, but Jesus, the ultimate student prophet, changed the whole course of human history and the universe forever. Down through the ages, this world needs idealistic young student prophets. The call comes to you, Andrews University. Do you know why you're here? Do you know who brought you here? Do you feel the desire to become more than you were when you came in? Can you dream dreams bigger than the generation before you? Do you desire to seek knowledge deeply, affirm faith holistically, and change the world forever? This is not just another institution of post-secondary learning. This is a modern school of prophets. And you are called by God to finish the work. All of us professors are just a cloud of witnesses around you, urging you, inspiring you. Let's finish this sordid history of sin on this earth. Let's close the chapter of great controversy in the universe. Let's get it done. Hebrew 12 once says, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us put aside everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race set before us. Are you ready to gird up your loins and run for the Lord? Are you ready to risk your life for the one who risked his life for you? Do you not want to be a student prophet after the greatest student prophet that has ever set foot on earth? I know that this has been a tough week and you deserve your rest. But I hope that as you finish off the semester, you don't think of it as just classes, just grades, but you think of it as investing deeply within yourself so that you may follow him, so that you can change the world through him, so that we can all go home forever. Versing the whole trend, the whole trajectory of sin, we were headed toward doom, we were headed toward hopelessness, we were headed toward an end that had nothing behind it till you came and you fought the fight for us. Lord, there are young people here, men and women, who are searching for how you want to use them in the future. Come near to them now. Give them comfort. Give them your blessing. Give them your assurance that you have a plan for each one. That all the study, all the late sleepless nights, all the sacrifice is going to be worth it. Because your dreams for them are far bigger than any dreams they could ever have for themselves. 
May we give ourselves to you more fully, Lord. And may we be filled with courage, knowing that you have a place for us and that you want to finish this story. Thank you.